Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shergill. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back. Today, we welcome to the stage Azura Maneater to talk about burlesque, sex, and you. This sultry voice vixen is a force to be reckoned with and has been singing, dancing, and acting since a very early age. Azura has performed on screen and off and has taught all around the world and now teaches burlesque and chair on Monday nights at Brass Vixen, which is where we met. So welcome to the show, Azura. How are you? Oh, I'm good on this sunny day. Finally, right? Oh, you know what? They gave us a little bit of a break here to see the sunshine today. <laughs> yes, it's been it's been a chilly spring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my first question, actually, before we get into burlesque and sex and everything to do with it is, how did you choose your name? Azura Maneater. <laughs> well, you know what? I always loved the name Azura um, for a long time. Yeah, for a long time, I was like, if I ever have a girl, I'll name it Azura, but it's not going to happen. So I chose it for my burlesque name. And then Maneater, I don't know. I think I was rehearsing and with love letters in the very beginning, and it just sort of came to me, I think, just with my character and just because I'm kind of like out there and I'm, you know, in people's faces. And yeah, it just that came her, to me. Yeah. So is that her I went character? With it. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, coming back, coming from sort of my background, which is, you know, musical theater and like a heavy dance background and singing and all that, it just sort of made sense for me, you know, and it's kind of like a bit of a watch out, but at the same time brings all the silly and all the fun and all that as well. So yeah, it just sort of came to me one day. So nobody picked my name, but that does happen in burlesque a lot is that you get a name chosen for you. Oh, really? From some, yeah. from someone else? Yeah, usually like if say if you're kind of in a little company or if you take class, you know, and, and you're training and you're coming up with ideas, sometimes the teacher or sometimes, you know, the choreographer and the company might just be like, oh, you know what you're like, and then they'll just give you a name. And then a lot of other times people pick their own name, but it just depends, oh, depends that's... on how it happens. Yeah. Good to know. But yeah, so your history with this. So where does this all start? How did you get into burlesque? Well... I've been dancing and performing since I was a kid. My mom actually has a dance studio out West. So I started dancing at like three and, um, you know, jazz, ballet, tap, modern hip hop, all of that competitive, competitive dancing started teaching when I was 16 as well, while I was dancing. And then I did, you know, theater school, um, regular plays, musical theater, and I, I was in Toronto already. Um, I moved here, first of all, in 2001. Uh, and then I did the movie Chicago. That's amazing. And, and after that, um, I went to New York and studied. And then I went and toured a show in England. And then came back to Toronto and then moved back to Vancouver. And when I came back to Toronto in 2013, um, yeah, auditioned for Love Letters. And it was really more of a, a dance troupe but doing burlesque. So we were really dancing. Um, you know, we were all trained dancers and uh, we would rehearse like daily, do a bunch of shows. And so it was amazing. So that's kind of where I went from just all different styles to really getting into the burlesque world. And was there a reason why you were drawn to the burlesque world for any particular reason? I don't know. I was doing a pantomime at the time. Mm. <laughs> so I was doing a kid's show. Yeah, and someone just told me to go and audition, and I went to a show first and saw one of their shows, and I was like, wow, this is really beautiful and sexy and really great dancing, and I love the artistic director, who's now one of my good friends, Pastel Supernova, and um, yeah, I just was like, yeah, I want to I wanna dance all the time, and it's great to be in a company, and I loved it, so, you know, I had never done a real tease before that. I had done shows where I did comedy stuff where I would, you know, take off something or, you know, I would, I did a lot of sexy sort of dancing, but it was never, you know, a tease or anything like that. So that was new for me. And, and how even, did, you know, sorry, to your point. And how, so how did burlesque, has it changed your opinion about how you view sex and your sexuality and your sensuality and everything with that since getting into it? 
yeah, I think so. I think before, you know, I think growing up, I mean, there's kind of a little funny story. When I was very young, I used to compete in ballet and you start in ballet and there's a thing called musical interpretation. And it's a category where you just hear a song and you have to stand by the side of the stage. You listen to the song and you don't you don't know the song beforehand. And then you have to get up and just freestyle it. Oh, wow. And so it was a ballet song, a classical music song. And I was probably five. And my parents actually have it on video. And I went out there and I bumped and grind it. I was <laughs> I was shimmying. I was, yeah, I mean, they were, my ballet teacher was horrified. <laughs> but my, my parents thought it was hilarious. Uh, you know, I added some ballet moves in there too. But yeah, because I could just make it up and I could do what I wanted. It was pretty clear that I wasn't going to be a ballerina. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. I'm glad that that moment's caught on camera for you. Yeah, I know. I haven't seen it in years, but I think, you know, going through and, you know, in musical theater and all types of dance, you're going to have a sexuality. I think I sort of always had sort of a sex appeal, but I don't think I really found myself that way and in my dance really until love letters in the same way. And, you know, being comfortable in my own skin because when you dance and compete and when you start to audition for professional projects in dance, you're very, especially when I did at that at a very young age, I was, um, you know, everybody was a certain size. So it was like, if you weren't that size, you're not going to book that show. And it was, you know, you just had to accept it. Right. Uh, so it was nice to be in something where it was like appreciated all different body types and that if you were good, then you were good. It didn't matter about the way you looked and what your body was like. So it was really freeing for me to start to be like, appreciate my body and what it could do rather than thinking of all the negative things that, you know, through auditioning and everything, uh, can really, you know, weigh heavy on you. So yeah, it was, it was definitely freeing in every year. And as you get older too, you start to appreciate things more and realize like why am I thinking of all the negative things when I could be thinking about the positive things yeah exactly it sounds like auditioning for like shows versus burlesque sounds like it's a like, two different ball games oh yes yes <laughs> yeah okay yeah so I mean you don't really like love letters was sort of a different beast because we were like a dance company that did burlesque but when you are doing shows or get gigs for burlesque, usually you're sending a video of like a performance you've already done. And then they're saying they're seeing your act and going, oh, we like that act. We'll put you in this show or we've seen you here or here. We'll put you in this. So it doesn't have the same kind of competitive vibe that when you go to a dance call of 500 dancers and you're you're dancing with 500 dancers split up in time, learning choreography on the spot. It's a very different, a different energy. Right. So. Yeah, I think because I did all that, it made it much more comfortable for me in the scene because I had already been there, done all the other stuff. So I wasn't quite as nervous, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I definitely think that you bring it and an energy definitely to the class that wakes me up. Like when yeah. I'm there, I'm like, okay, I'm here. It's dance class. Yes, let's go. It's chair. I absolutely love chair class. I love it. Yeah, well, I love having you. But uh, well, let me ask you something. Yes. So what was, have you found that it's helped your sexual self since you've been taking my class? I think that it's been able, I've been able to do what I feel inside. The sexiness that I feel inside is easier to come out through these moves. Um, yeah. You're teaching me like the flow of it. I like how my body moves with that. And before taking these classes, I would say it was kind of chunky and like, the moves weren't as smooth as they could be. And I'm constantly learning that, but I honestly love the visualization of just looking at myself in the mirror and just seeing my own body move to that. And, mm -hmm. you know, my husband definitely enjoys the benefits of it, but I do see myself as like, wow, this is so, I like this. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've seen the growth in you for sure over the time that you've been taking my classes. And yeah, I think I tell everybody, you know, the mirror is there for us for a reason. And a lot of times we don't want to look at ourselves, you know, but we're all so different that we have to find our angles. We have to find what works for us because the way that I do something with my body isn't going to necessarily look the same on someone else. Right. So look how your body moves. What shapes can you make and how do you feel and and really just starting to accept yourself and then growing. Right. And I think that's that's what I think I see you do you. that in your class very well. That's like your main you have a really strong message. And I do believe that it is important for people to connect on some sort of 
like dancing level or using your body for sensuality and chair and burlesque is such a great avenue for that because it's not it's it can be super sexy and risque and all this jazz or it can be super just soft and and very sensual and very connected to the person in a chair so I do think that people need to see both sides of those yeah no I think all styles is really important to do you know, because, you know, start with something that you really like and then start to learn different things and different styles, because essentially, you know, burlesque is dance. It's comes from dance. It comes from vaudeville. Right. So, you know, there's lots of really big burlesque people, you know, for example, Dita Von Tees, who's gorgeous, amazing, all the things. But, you know, she doesn't do a lot of dancing. Right. She does a lot of walking, posing. She hands her clothes off to like gorgeous men on the side because they're made of thousands of crystals. And you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's a different kind of vibe. And then there's the people that really dance and also, you know, strip and do all the things. So, you know, I think there's just so many levels. I think when you're learning, um, it's just so great to take class and to see shows. Yeah. Is is there different types of burlesque, like different subcategories of it? Or is it kind of like burlesque is an un, umbrella term for it? Or, Well, I think burlesque is burlesque, again, coming from vaudeville and it's sort of a campy, you know, there's different mm. sides of it. I'd say, you know, there's classic burlesque. We talk about classic burlesque. It's, you know, the the feather fans, the corsets, the, you know, just a really classic look, you know, sheer uh, panel skirts, um, gloves, all these things. But now there's so many aspects and so many different types of burlesque. I mean, Mm. even in town, you know, there's companies called nerd burlesque or, you know, people do shows that are all Star Wars or, you know, like people do all different types of burlesque. And so, you know, in one show, you could see all different types uh, in one show or you might go to a show where it's all one vibe. You know, maybe it's all, all more dark. It's more, yeah. I mean, it could so just it could be, be anything. anything now. Ah, okay. That's yeah. exciting. So really anybody can get into burlesque then. Sounds like it. Yeah, I mean, anyone could. I, I Again, I'd say like anything, it's not just an easy one, two, three. I think getting on stage, doing anything, I think you want to feel your best. And I think you want to train. You know, people ask me that a lot when they take my classes you know, and it's their first time taking my class and they enjoy it and they come up and they're like, I just really want to get on stage. And the first thing I then they say, what should I do? And I say, take class, you know, and uh, it's one of those things. You don't have to be from a massive background in dance, but you do have to train because you got to move with the music. And also you have to take clothes off at the same time in a timed manner that looks effortless. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't practiced or you haven't you don't have any movement in you and you feel awkward, well, that's going to translate to the audience and audiences, you know, in those first moments that you step on stage, they want to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. They want to relax and they want to enjoy it. And if you're uncomfortable, that translates, right? So it's, it's very important to train and just to feel good in your body before you step on stage. That's very good to know. So when you're, Say your first time going in, is there some do's and don'ts right off the bat that there's common mistakes that people make when they go into a burlesque class for the first time? Uh, class, I don't think there's any mistake you can make in class. I mean, I think hmm. in class, just come to learn, you know what I mean? And just take class and all that. There's certain things I suggest, like get a pair of heels you like to wear and start to wear those in class and then build yourself up to different heels, but just start where you're at and just start to feel how you walk in a shoe. Um, all these types of things, you know, you know, in when we, you know, in burlesque class, we go across the floor, we walk, you know, and people kind of laugh sometimes because they're like, oh, well, it's just walking like it's no thing. But once you put a pair of shoes on and once you imagine the lights and you match your costume, you match all these things like, you know, there's a different way that you walk than you would walk outside. So I think it's important to start to feel what it feels like to wear a heel, to dance in a heel, to move in a heel. Um, so I do tell people to make sure to bring that, but they don't have to wear some crazy high heel, you know, they yeah. don't have to do something crazy, wear something you feel good in, you know, I think that's really like when you're starting wear clothes, you feel good in, you know, go to class in something you feel nice when you look at yourself in, and it can be anything that you can move in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so for class, I, I don't think there's really any big do's and don'ts other than like, be respectful of everybody else. Yeah. Everybody else is learning at a different, you know, everyone learns at a different rate. Right. And I think everyone there is very respectful in most places I've taught people are very respectful. Right. So I think that's what we, 
that's all I'd say for class. Getting on stage, okay, that's here we a go. different story. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the do's and don'ts of stage then? There's like, like, is there just faux pas that just you don't go? Yeah, I'd say. So, should we start with the don'ts or should we start with the do's? Uh, let's start with the, let's start with the do's first. Actually, we'll go a little bit with the do this and then the don'ts really don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said before, I would say do take as many classes as you can and yes, take class for me, but also take class with other people, take workshops, different styles, do all of that. So you can find like your vibe and keep training. And then also go see shows. So we're lucky to live in Toronto. There's tons of shows. I mean, people all the time, I'm surprised because, you know, I'll say, oh, have you guys seen any shows? Or I'll say something in class. And most people like hadn't even been to a burlesque show. And they're just confused that there is even burlesque shows in town. And there's tons in this city, tons. All you have to do, go to Eventbrite, just put burlesque Toronto and you'll see a list for pretty much any day of the week. So you know, go see that, see what you like, you know, so that would be definitely a do is to do that. Obviously talked about the shoes, uh, creating a character, creating a name, right? Mm. Um, sometimes that can be yourself. Maybe you're already a certain way and you like that way and you're just going to create it around your own persona. I'm not that different. You know, Azura Manator is me. It's not super different than my personality other than, you know, literally be a little darker, maybe a little sillier, maybe, you know, it's just, it's just ramped up for me. Whereas other people, they're very different than their regular person. Mm -hmm. You know, they want a persona that takes them into something completely else. You know, they talk about Beyonce always talks about she's Beyonce and she gets on stage and she's Sasha, Sasha Fierce, right? Yeah. <laughs> so whatever that is for you, you know, that's what I say, create your character and also that character you don't have to feel like you're stuck in a box either that character can change right you come up with a name and just because my name's Azura Manager doesn't mean that I'm always like super aggressive and all these kind of things it means I can be anything within that right there's also creating an act right so if you're gonna do something in a show most people want to see an act meaning like a start to finish a story within a song could be a couple songs together Maybe you have props, you know, all, all these kind of things to create a whole act. Um, and that's what most people want to see. And then on the other side of that, there's sometimes you're hired to just dance with a band, you know, and then you have to learn how to freestyle and you have to learn how to do that, you know, and not necessarily know what music it's going to be. So on that note, I say to everybody, practice listening to music over and over. Also, just listen to music and dance in your place or all these things to start to feel the music and start to anticipate things that are happening in the music, big crashes, you know, the low beat, the bass, the like all these things that we can use to do a glove peel or to take off your rope, whatever it is, right, that you want to really the musicality, I think, is so important in burlesque. And that's you're only going to learn that by doing it, by taking class, by researching by listening to songs you like and on that note connect with something you like right it's your first act you're say you're creating your first act what's your favorite color what, what color do you want to wear on stage do you want to do a pink look start with that and start to build from that and you know you can start simple you don't have to have everything to begin with you know you can get stuff online secondhand and you can add to it that's what I always suggest is start small and then build your look. A lot of people have the same act for years and they build their look until it's beautiful. And then, so, you know, and then as you perform more, you have a bunch of different acts. So you might go somewhere and be like, oh, I'm going to do my blue look tonight and it's going to be to this and this or. Yeah, so it, that's there's a lot of things. But that, no, that was great. Uh, you're mentioning to character when you're creating a character. You mentioned names and, or say like to pick a name and kind of a persona, but it doesn't necessarily have to be so different. Now, yeah. is there other things that you should consider when building out a character or a look like an accessory maybe, or like what different types of accessories are popular with characters yeah. or something? I'd say, where's the song from? What does mm -hmm. the song do to you? Is this a, you know, is this a song from the 1960s? Does it make you feel... Is it, you know, are you going to do a 1960s look? Are you going to wear a beehive? Are you going to have a short little dress with knee-high boots and uh, and lashes? Like, are you going to, most people do the whole thing and they go from an era. 
right? So a classic bump and grind, you might wear a really classic costume, a panel skirt, you know, a corset, long gloves, you know, a boa, you know, all these kind of things. You always want beautiful things that you can take off um, that aren't too hard to take off as well. As you get more advanced, you know, you're, you're working with steel bone corsets and things like that and taking those off on stage you know there can be mishaps and we've all had them right mm. we have to try to make it as graceful as possible and that's why you got to practice right and you practice taking things off in the proper time to the music um and that's why i say start simple with a costume you know don't go to all the things right away because you know it can be just as beautiful to work a boa mm. and to take that off properly and take gloves off properly than trying to take off too many things in one yeah. act when you're just beginning. No, that that's great. Thank you for that. So what would be some of the don'ts of not to do on stage then? <laughs> I can think it's a costume things that do stand out to me that people do a lot is, you know, be careful when you're layering things. We all have our own insecurities on our bodies, right? So sometimes you think if you're more covered up and you layer tights, and you do these things that you're going to feel better and maybe you feel like you look better, but you got to look at the lines that you're creating because sometimes if you layer tights and the tights end at a certain point and then you've got an underwear line and then you've got another thing, you know, I mean, it it's one of those things, the lights are going to catch everything. You know, you've got holes in your tights and your nylons, you know, maybe it's a better option. Don't do a nylon, you know what I mean? Where there you can do a garter belt and you can attach the garter belt to a garter right mm -hmm. and then just wear that if you love your legs and you can do that and they don't have to worry about the nylons I just I see stuff like that a lot you know where people are just they got their costume together but oh they got a, a rip in their tights or they've got a run in their nylons or the and hey that could work for a certain type of act if you're doing a certain type of act like that but you got to be careful if you're doing a classic act or anything else. People are going to notice that on stage. They're going to see the run in your tights. They're going to see these things, right? And hey, we've all done it. We've all had accidents. We've all had things happen. But just to be aware of those things and just really understand your costume and have practiced so many times getting out of it, mm. um, you know, to the point where you're, you should be sweating just at home, just even practicing, just taking things off, just doing it over and over because you know, things can happen on stage, a flashing light, somebody does something, someone distracts you, like, there's a lot going on, right? So just to feel your best in, in whatever you decide to do. Yeah, well, that's great. Now, you said something of, of glove peeling. That sounds like a term there. Are there any other types of burlesque terms that get thrown around on stage or between dancers? Uh, oh, there's so many. What you mean, like types of burlesque or what? what? Oh, like with the glove peel, like what type of terms oh. or words, I guess, would be heard often backstage? Yeah, you're going to hear peel a lot because yeah. <laughs> essentially, if you think of it, you're usually doing it slow, right? You always want to, and you know, I say this in class, it's like you want to show the audience what you're going to take off. Mm -hmm. You want to tease them with it, right? So if it's a glove feel, you're going to show them first and then you're going to peel it off right so that the word peel right is kind of what you want to do right a lot of times you don't want to do it too fast there might be times where you just boom you throw something off and that's that's something else but yeah peel tease these are the kind of words right i mean we say strip but i think we don't say it as much because we're not strippers in the sense of like we're not working a pole we're we're not getting you know it's just a different element. It all comes from similar things. And mm -hmm. I think both are great. They're just different, you know, mm -hmm. um, for one, we don't get fully naked. Right. So you always have a panty on, or you could have, um, a merkin on, which I don't know if you know what that is. No. <laughs> so that just covers. So without underwear lines, it covers your your vajay oh okay yeah like yeah, that. yeah yeah and then funny. it like tucks under so you wouldn't have any lines on the side so you have to glue it to the oh top God. and then yeah yeah so there's there's people that do that and those acts usually you know it's a more of a standing thing you show you reveal and you you're not going to do any crazy dancing usually when you have a merkin but i've seen it i have seen it yeah so you don't so get fully naked things. sorry that that is that i guess that's a misconception that I guess you don't get fully naked at all. That's the difference, I guess, between uh, burlesque and stripping. That's true. Yeah. Oh, so you always there... have your 
down there covered in whatever way you're choosing. And you always strip down to tassels, uh, not necessarily tassels, but pasties. So your nipples are covered. So yeah, sometimes a pasty comes off, but <laughs> that's not really allowed even in bars, right? Like you can get in trouble if you were to go out in a burlesque show and not have pasties on, they could get in trouble as a bylaw. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, you just, you never are getting fully naked. So that can be your one difference with stripping, like, ah. at a, you know, if you were a stripper at a club, like, yeah. So being in burlesque, is there a misconception of when you're going back out in the dating world? Yeah, I, I'd say there is. I'd say being a performer in general, like they, there's, even when back in the day I was doing a jazz sort of comedy show in Vancouver with a band and you know, I wasn't stripping. I wasn't anything. I was being ridiculous and doing all these things and singing and maybe being sexy or whatever. But thing is, like, people will ask you, oh, you're a performer. That's really cool. And a lot of guys right off the bat, they love it as a concept. Right. But when they come and see a show or whatever, like a guy has to be pretty confident and has to be pretty like secure with himself because you're up there and people are looking at you and they have their ideas about you, whether they're positive or negative. Right. And some guys can't handle that. And so I've found that even though they right away, everyone thinks it's such a cool thing that actually they get insecure. And a lot of guys can't really handle being with a performer of any kind. And then adding on burlesque and, you know, the years that I've done it since, you know, they, they definitely, like we spoke about before, have the misconception that you're just like a regular stripper. Again, nothing wrong with that, but it's just a different thing. And until they get to really see it and know that like there's respect, it's an art form, all these things. Again, there's only a select few type of men that can actually handle it. You know, has a lot there of been men... a situation yeah. where someone has ever asked you to stop dancing. Oh, no, because I'm I've always been the type that's like, uh, yeah, if you don't like it, you can go. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty secure in myself and I know what I like, but it can be what I find frustrating is that I'd like people to just be more honest. Like if it's something you can't handle, you know, you should know that when I tell you when I go, well, I do burlesque also, you know, among these other things. Uh, do you know what burlesque is? You know, and I'll mm -hmm. say that some of them were like, oh, no. Oh, is it like that movie? Or I know who this is or and <laughs> I'll show them or whatever. And then they'll be cool with it or they won't be. Because, you know, when you're with somebody or dating someone, you want them to come to shows. You know, you want their support just like anything. Right. And, you know, I've known performers that their boyfriends just like don't go ever because they don't really like that they do it. And they just sort of ignore it. And for me, it's like, yeah, they don't need to be at every show, but I don't want them to feel weird about it because there's nothing to feel weird about, you know, I think not when it's a big part of your life as well. I feel like it would just get it's one of those weights that would just get heavier, I think, too. Yeah. If you're with somebody and they're extracurricular, like what they like to do bothers you. I think that, yeah, that would put some cracks in the foundation if just left unattended. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I think it goes back to being powerful as a woman. There's not every guy can handle that. It's not, you're not going to meet every single guy is not going to be okay. And that's okay. Like I said before, just be straight up. You know, if it's uncomfortable for you, let's talk about it. Or maybe we just move on. Maybe we're not a good match, you know. But I think it is one of those things where I just find it fascinating all the time that that first initial reaction of everyone is always like, oh, so cool. You're a performer. Oh, so cool. Like all these things. But then when you go down to the brass tacks, they they can't really handle it. Like even acting, even like, oh, you might do a scene and you might have to kiss somebody or you're in a play and you have an intimate scene with someone like you know, there's a lot of things that people don't really think about until they're in that situation. So mm. finding somebody that is cool and really like secure in their masculine vibes, you know, that can see you being powerful and having people watch you and know that like they don't have anything to worry about. You know what I mean? It's, it's, well, it's even that, find, you know, and I think also in North America, especially, you know, we think we're so advanced and we're so forward and we're so all these things but you know when I did shows in Europe like it was so refreshing because you know and these weren't burlesque shows but you know people were so they wanted to know what you did oh you're an artist they'd be like what kind oh you do this you dance you sing well all these things that's so cool like I love going to the shows I love doing this and they don't go what else do you do they mm. don't they don't try to deflect from from your art right 
just because you may work another job or do this or do that doesn't take away from the art that you do. You know, and I think that's something in North America that is what always happens and what people will always say. They always sort of downgrade people that are artists. They like the idea of it, but they don't like the instability, right? So, I mean, I've dated many guys that like literally were like, yeah, I just want to be with like a banker. Like, so like, I know that they're got a paycheck and like, whatever, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I've never asked you for anything, but like, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. It's not, it's not right for everybody. And I think being your own person and just understanding who you are and who, what you want. It took me a long time. You know, I never understood that when I was younger, you know, because it happened to me, like I said, whatever performing I was doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe I'm more intimidating than I think I am. I don't know. You know what I mean? But I just think it's one of those things you have to sort of be aware of and that it can cause problems. Also like you're performing burlesque, you're out late, right? You're, you're not coming home sometimes on a weekday till 2am, you know, Mm -hmm. you could have just finished performing at one, had one drink, got home. And if your guy is, you know, or your partner is not cool with that, like that's going to create issues. It's going to create problems. Yeah. And to your point about artistry in North America, I do feel like we've lost a lot of our ability to be creative and imaginative. Yeah. So when people that have lost that connection with their imagination are met with someone that is so putting out their imagination, it's so in front. I do believe that it does spark something inside someone because that imagination, that creativity, we all have it, whether it goes into hibernation or it's dormant, it's still mm-hmm. there. And so, yeah, yeah, I do think it kind of like some people can get a little nervous and they don't know why, but yeah. I do think that it's playful. Burlesque allows you to still be in touch with this very playful, fun, imaginative side that you can get out. Yeah. I think that's exactly why I like teaching, you know, and I teach all types of levels and, you know, I teach competitive kids. I do choreography for competitions. I do everything, but I like teaching adults burlesque and even sort of beginner level because I love inspiring like the sexuality that is in everyone, you know, and I think a lot of people, they, they work an office job. They, they're, you know, whether they're with a partner or not, they feel dormant, they feel stuck. They feel like, you know, oh, I can't do that. Like, I could never look like that. I mean, I've definitely had people, you know, you've probably heard people say, like, how do I look like you? You know what I mean? Or like, how do I do it like you? And it's like, well, for one, you don't ever have to look like me, right? But I'm just going to show you the things that are going to help you find it in your own body. And I think just I've seen how people have gotten a spark, you know, when they come back to class and you know, they've definitely told me as well, but I I've seen it in their dancing and it's, it's not necessarily even technical. It's just an energy. It's a spark. It's all of a sudden, you know, their shoulders are back, you know, there just is up, you know, they've, they're looking up, they're not looking down, they're feeling more powerful. And I, I think that can only help everyone's relationship. You know, it's not always about go- getting on stage, right? It's, it's just, you know, take class, do these things for yourself to like, feel your power as a woman. We, we, we have, a different kind of power and it's ours alone. You know what I mean? So I think it's just amazing to like be able to feel your body and to feel good in it. Mm -hmm. Is there any other misconceptions about burlesque that you've come in and experienced? I mean, I think there's, I don't think there's a lot of people that see burlesque shows that are like this. Most people are very respectful. They're also told by the host, like how to act, how to be, because you do get tips and sometimes people will tip you like and put it in your garter, but you, you go over and you give them your leg or give them your arm or like, you know, you're allowing it. It's, you know, just like with everything it's consent, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to make sure, and you know, once in a blue moon, you'll get someone that's there that doesn't understand and they can act, you know, as though they can do whatever if they've given you money. You know what I mean? Mm. So, like, there's, a, I would say it's very rare, but it can happen, right? And that's why, you know, you you know where you're going, know where you're performing. You know, there's always a host. There's always people that are being aware of that in the room so that if someone is out of line, they'll get kicked out, you know? But I'd say, like, in general, no, most most people are very respectful of the art form, because that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's a performance, essentially. So, yeah, I think that's probably the only misconception. I mean, I remember when I was just a dancer, and I mean a dancer as in a jazz, ballet, like professional dancer. And before I ever did burlesque, you know, if you go on a date or something and someone say, oh, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm a performer, and I dance, and I do that. And they're like, oh, you mean a stripper? And I'm like, no. 
Mm. And this was way before I even did burlesque. So people have this, like, as soon as you say performer, all of a sudden, or dancer, they just think stripper. And it's, it's not the case at all. There's so many types of dancers and performers per se. So I'd say that's a little bit of a misconception that they just lump everything together. But yeah, other than that, I think people have understand it more because it's been around again and it has been popular again for a long time. So, And do you think that what it's been popularized in media is pretty accurate to what it is? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know... It's been in a lot of things. Um, and I think with the movie Burlesque, like with Cher and Christina Aguilera came out, I think since then, because people saw it like a show and they were like, oh, wow, it's like dancing, it's glitz, it's glamour, it's it's old Hollywood, it's all these things. So I think people started to realize, oh, it is really like an art form. You know, I mean, essentially people in Vegas have been doing mm-hmm. shows like this forever. You know, my parents saw shows in the 70s and they were topless and you know, all that stuff. So that's even different because they're like topless. They're not necessarily wearing pasties. So that's a different thing as well. But I mean, there's been this type of art form for hundreds of years. So yeah. Well, I absolutely love it. It's kind of like a performance with the audience because it's a lot about trying to pull like anticipation and building that sexual energy. So if you had to give out some tips on how to do that, like what is kind of like the easiest ways to build that type of energy with your audience? You know, I think it's it's hard for me to go back to because I've been performing in so many ways for so long that I was always connecting. And I think it's really just about connecting. Right. And it doesn't matter what kind of performing you're doing is when you're on stage, you look at someone, you know, look at them. And in burlesque, a lot of times we're close. We have like a runway or we have something where we're go through the audience or something. So we're actually like really getting intimate as far as being very close to people. And, you know, as the character, I would go over to people and, you know, have a sip of their drink or like, obviously this is before COVID times um, (laughs) and, you know, do stuff like ruffle their hair or put their their head in my chest or like all these things. Right. So I'm connecting. But even when I'm you know, remove from them and say I'm singing on stage, I'm still looking directly at people. Some people Mm. don't like it, right? And then you can see that you've got to read a room. And I think in life, in burlesque, in anything, being able to read a room is very, very necessary, right? Some people don't want to be inside of it and other people do. So find the people that want you to look at them, find the energy, connect when you can. And I think that's when people can relax and they yeah. know you're connecting so they can just sit back and enjoy it. So I think it's just about learning to connect. I don't, I don't know if there's any specific way to do that other than really like learning and looking at people and trying it and seeing what works, you know, a flirty smile, or maybe your character isn't like that. And maybe every time someone, you catch someone's eye, you give them like a look, you know what I mean? Like it it can be so many things, right? Um, You know, sometimes you're not playing nicey nice. Sometimes it's not campy. Sometimes it's, it's darker and it's these things. So I think it's just really about connecting. Yeah. Well, like that sounds like a skill of being able to kind of pick up on that. And would you say that there's kind of skills that someone would need to be skills to work on, to be a better burlesque performer? Yeah, I think I think it is just doing it, watching it, studying it so that you can feel comfortable. And I think that's like the bottom line. When you feel comfortable in your body, you could do very little on stage. You know, you could walk to one side and you could do one arm movement and you could be very captivating. I know a lot of performers that do very little on stage, but they're gorgeous and they know how to take everything off. And and some people dance a ton and some people are funny and like all these things, right? I think it's really about mm. taking ownership of your body, taking ownership of who you are and then showing it to everyone, you know? And you're not proving anything. And that's the thing. It's more of just being like, I'm good with me and like, I'm going to have a blast and so are you. You know, and I think once you can get into that zone, which doesn't happen overnight, right? We all have insecurities. I still do. And, you know, I'm nervous before I go on stage every time. Once I'm there on stage, I'm not nervous at all. But the moments before, I still get nervous. And I've been performing since I was a kid, you know? So I think it's just the way to feel the most comfortable is by doing, is by practicing, is by looking, by studying, um, 
all these things. You know, what did they say? It's 10,000 hours. Yes. Yes. That you have to do something for before, you know, you, you really get it. But that's yeah, all that kind of goes on this other note of like a don't that I wanted to go on is, is, you know, don't compare yourself to others mm. when you go see a show, when you're in a show, even say you got your first gig and you're so nervous and you're watching everyone else or whatever. Don't compare your body to them. You know, you're, you're your own person and just be the best you can be and feel the best you can be. Do it in stages. Don't add a bunch of things into your number that you can't do just because you've seen someone else do, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Do the things that you feel good doing and then take more class and get better. And then you can add those more later, right? People would rather see something a little bit more simple, clean. Someone's taking off their, their costume. And that's another thing. And that's another don't is <laughs> don't get stuck in your costume. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, we've all been there. I had a bodysuit number once and it was a snap crotch and I did it a million times and it got caught on something else. I got it off, but it's just, it, it creates this kind of thing. And that's what, you know, sometimes you're never, it doesn't matter how much you practice, something might get stuck. The best people like their corsets or whatever, they've gone over to an audience member and made them like undo the back or there's always ways to go around it that keep it a part of the show without getting stressed. You just don't want to show the audience that you're stressed. Yeah. If it happens, make a joke of it or whatever. That's what I kind of did in the moment is I just like made it bigger and like did a silly thing with it and it worked. Right. You know, and obviously I remember that for another time, not going to do it again. Right. But um, that's what I'd say. And that's what the practice is, is just doing it over and over and over and being like, okay, like nothing's getting stuck. Like I I've got this. Right. So that, that would be a major don't is don't get stuck in your costume. <laughs> And I think I covered, yeah, don't stress out about what you can't do. You know what I mean? That focus on what you can do and just keep learning and getting better and seeing shows and going, oh, you know, I'm kind of like that person. Like, I like the way that they did this. And I like when they went into the audience or I like the way they did their hand movements, whatever it is, right? Oh, I love the color of their costume. Like, it can be anything, but just, just start to go and see and learn. And I think that's... Those are going to be your best, best bets. Those were all great do's and don'ts. I want to say thank you again. <laughs> but for your favorite parts, like what is your favorite part? Do you have a particular show that just sits in your heart forever that you absolutely have loved? I mean, if we're going to talk about musical theater, because that's kind of where I came from. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and that actually has aspects as well. I'd say like Cabaret, Chicago, like all the Fosse musicals, it's just... I really respond to that kind of choreography. It's really classic jazz style. I find there's a lot of sensuality in it. And it's also like kind of pedestrian. And what I mean that is the way that Bob Fosse choreographed was he did very sort of small movements. He wore a hat. He smoked a cigarette. Like there, everything was, you know, so really anyone could learn it, right? It wasn't big kicks. It wasn't all these things. Yeah, those were in the numbers too, but... You know, it's kind of an interesting way of like, it can show you that anyone can move and you can get really specific, you know? And mm -hmm. I think that's another thing too, is like getting specific, like it's the same as acting, right? Get specific. What, what's your goal in the scene, right? It's the same as creating an act. What's your goal? What's your arc? You know, what story are you trying to tell? And I think that goes when I do a song, I do the same thing. What am I saying in the song? What does it mean to me? And then people really connect um, to it as well. I'm well, not sure this... what that question was, but <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Uh, like if you had, um, I think you answered it. Like you do like your musical. Yeah. Sorry. Cabaret, I'd say. And also cabaret is very sexual and they were like, they were, it was all in a time of cabaret underground, you know, drinking mm. was illegal, you know, I mean, right now that the way the world is, I honestly believe that cabaret is one of the only safe places right now. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a place where people can be themselves, mm -hmm. you know, where audiences can be more free. You know, you're not just sitting in your chair, like watching a show, you're involved, you're having a drink, you're chatting, you know, we, we don't expect audiences to be like, you know, you're not watching a play, you know what yeah. I mean? So that kind of back and forth, you're going to hear people talking and all that. So I've always loved this style of cabaret because, you know, it really is that vibe and it's very sexually charged, but also every type of person, you know what I mean? It's, it's not just for one person, like burlesque is for everybody, you know what yeah. I mean? Like literally. 
So yeah, I think those shows really spoke to me as a kid. And even before I really knew my own sexuality or anything like that, they were always, I always wanted to be able to dance that way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I still reference that kind of choreography and that style a lot. Mm -hmm. Would you say, is there a particular struggle that you find that your first time students, is there a particular struggle that people have like nervousness, I I guess maybe to start or. Yeah. I'd say that most people like they're nervous. Right. And they're, you know, even taking walking across the floor, you know, as soon as I'm like, okay, we're going to go one by one. Everyone's like, Oh, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm just like, no, we're going to go in succession. Like no one's don't worry, you know, and everyone's really supportive, but I think people get nervous. They don't want to be looked at. They're like, you know, I just want to do it, but I can see, I just say, you know, try to let go. Right. And that's easier said than done. And that's why you come back. Right. That's why you go, okay, this time I, I was a little nervous. And the next time, look, I can see people's eyes when they start on the floor and then they're here and then they're there and then they're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, and it, and I've seen it in class or people who take my class regularly, or even if they stop for a bit and they come back, I can see the change. I can see that the spark has been ignited and you know, whatever, however you get your spark, it could be by anything, could be by rock climbing, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, just find your spark, you know, and I hope that I help people do that. Oh, I definitely believe you do. I, the, I think you teach people that it's okay to have a platform where you do have eyes on you. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to have attention. That's what I also like. We are allowed attention. We should have attention. There should be some attention on us and Mm -hmm. we have to get used to having attention. And we live in a very segregated, like individualistic society where you know sometimes when we are getting a lot of attention it can definitely be overwhelming for various reasons yeah but it is something that can fuel us for better like we can connect to our confidence like what you said stand up taller and you know that draws attention confident Mm -hmm. people do draw attention as well yeah yeah Yeah, and I think allowing yourself that that's okay and allowing yourself that like you know you don't have to be like that all the time but you know when you come into your own power sexually and otherwise you know, watch out because things change. They just do. Right. Like I tell people, you know, put on your favorite song in your earphones, go for a walk and walk like you're on a runway. Yeah. Walk, (laughs) do it. And just watch how people start to look at you because your shoulders are back because you're walking through your hips because you're doing all these things, you know, maybe you feel silly for a second, but just give it a go because you're gonna feel more powerful. It's just like using your breath, like how I talk about remembering to breathe and all these things, right? All these things that we can do to start to like, get into ourselves and bring our own power back. I think it's good. And it's something you know, you don't have to do all the time. But I think it can only help you know, you in work in relationships in every aspect of your life. Because I think a lot of people are made to feel small. Mm -hmm. um in their lives a lot and you know maybe they had hard times growing up or maybe they were bullied or all these things and it's like you know I was bullied a lot as a kid actually but I always knew inside me that I was supposed to perform I was supposed to do these things it didn't matter how many times people called me names or did whatever I was still doing it I I was quite resilient you know and this was a time before (laughs) bullying was a thing like no one got in trouble for it before right Mm -hmm. so I think that people in life get bullied a lot, you know, and they allow themselves to get bullied and I allowed it, you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm not to say it never happens now, but I think we all have to have a time. And even if it's just a class or it's a walk you take, or it's this, but you got to give yourself time where you you're standing on your own and that you're not going to let what others say affect you, you know, because we can't control that. We just can't. You know, what you put out there, there's going to be negative things about it. There's always going to be the lovers and there's always going to be the haters. And you got to just stand on your own, you know, because otherwise it can be too hard, you know, and feel so heavy. Yeah. And and you're right. It's one of those things like if we don't have that ability to stand up for ourselves you are on the ground, you are heavy, you are feeling that. So, and I think with burlesque too, and just chair, it's good to get the movement back in your body. And like, just in general, we have a stagnancy about this. So it's good. Yes. Join a class, get connected to your sexuality through there. And it doesn't have to be hard at first. Like 
it can be difficult. There's moments in your class where I'm like, oh, can I do this? But yeah. I love it because it's good to push yourself as well. And you feel rewarded after you're done your class because not only do you feel sexy, but you kind of broke a sweat and you yeah. exercise a little bit. And it's a little bit of everything in a fun, playful way. And you don't even realize you're really exercising. You're having a good time. Yeah, no, I think, yeah. And it's just coming on a Monday, you know, after work, it, maybe you don't work during the day or whether you do or not, but you know, I can see people's energy when they come in and then I can see people's energy when they leave and it's completely different, right? It's, it's, they're like, Woo, blah, blah, when they leave, you know, and they walk in kind of like, oh, okay, I got here, you know, <laughs> I made it, you know, and that's the thing you made it like you got here, like you came to another place to take a class, like give yourself a freaking hand because it's not easy sometimes, right? You get home, you're okay, I got, I'm going to get to this class, you know, I love class and whatever, but I, sometimes it's hard for me to be like, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to the gym or I'm doing this or I'm doing that, you know? So give yourself a hand when you do go and congratulate yourself for like stepping out and um, feeling good because movement is freedom, you know? So the more you move, the freer you are. And, you know, I think we are too, we are too sedentary in our lives in a lot of ways. And it's very hard to break that because you could be down or you could be these things and all the last thing you want to do when you're down is go and do something, mm -hmm. but it's actually like the best thing you could do. Right. So I think it's like just a good thing for people to brighten their day. You know what I mean? And that's, if I can help with that, then great. Same as seeing shows, right. That could brighten your day too. So, yes. you know, everybody get out there and see things. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. But I want to thank you for your time. You've been absolutely great. And I've definitely learned a lot about burlesque. Is there anywhere that my viewers or sorry, my listeners can find you? Well, you can always find me on the gram, on yes. the Instagram at Azura Maneater. And that's a really good place to catch my classes. I always post them. Any shows that are upcoming, I'm posting those there. So that's just sort of a really great way to find me and see what I'm doing. Um, obviously, my class is Monday nights at Brass Vixens. 5.45 is chair class and 6.45 is burlesque. So bring a pair of shoes that you feel comfortable in for burlesque. Bring <laughs> and something to peel off. To take off. Yes. And Dora, I was going to say, um, if you're getting married and you want a first dance choreographed, I'm doing, I do that as well. And, uh, you know, choreograph something for your personalities and can be a bunch of songs we put together but yeah it's been really fun doing that as well because I get to work with people. most people are not dancers <laughs> at all right so you know you're really working with them of you know it's fun because they'll pick a song like maybe they met at a rave and they there is a song I had a couple like that back uh, in Vancouver and their their first song was like oh man I'm gonna forget what it was but it was some rave kind of song from back in the day you know and then they went into a really classic song right so it's like so fun to just do that with people and they you know, as nervous as they are when they start, like to see how they grow through all the classes and, and then perform on their wedding day. It's like a pretty neat thing. So yeah, our private classes in general. So yeah, just email me at Azura Maneater. So Azura Maneater at gmail.com or just send me a message at Azura Maneater on Instagram. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and I'll be sure to put all your links in the description as well so our viewers can get you there too. But thank you so much for coming to the show and as always, everybody, stay kinky. Woo!